Start with prayer, and then we're going to dive in, okay? <clears throat> Go ahead and stand up. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling on death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling on death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling on death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Amen. Okay. Christ is risen, guys. He is risen. So, we are... Let's go over the... the syllabus first. I say syllabus. This actually is kind of more syllabusy than I thought it was originally going to be, but here we are. Uh, let's go through first. Uh, if you, even if you're an inquirer, if you are uh, serious about becoming a catechumen, uh, then if you would, I know you can't press the thing here, even if you want to press it right here. Uh, in the email, it has a link. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the email, if you just go on the home page and go to the, there's a Substack spot where you can put your email to be able to start receiving the emails, just the weekly announcements, and sometimes more than weekly just because information changes, etc. Uh, you can find a link to this. If you want to just email me directly, I can also just send you the link that will have all of the hyperlinks because I try to hyperlink uh, most things that are available online uh, so that if you if that's how you read, that's great. If not, the catechumen information questionnaire is just trying to capture uh, basic information and start you on your quest. If you were baptized trinitarianly and with water before, that you go are, go ahead and start trying to reach out to wherever that occurred, so that you can get evidence like a certificate, etc. I know there's some churches that don't do that, so there might be a letter from somebody who baptized you or witnessed. Uh, and then we can work from there. If you have a specific situation that you want to discuss with me in regards to that, then then we can talk. Okay, but I don't. I would like for us to me to say that now instead of like a month beforehand. And you're trying to find that old Baptist church somewhere up in the hills of I don't know Western Ohio or something, <laughs> and it doesn't exist anymore. Or now it's rebranded Transformation Church, and it's not a Southern Baptist. Church, you know all that stuff, right? When I was a kid, or baptized Church of Christ, nobody took a record of it, too, right? So that might be something that we need to discuss. Um, also, that is where how I make sure I get everybody's email. So if I'm trying to look for your email, if we've never emailed, then I have your email at hand, okay? So, required elements of catechesis. Uh, part of the period of, I've used the metaphor of, uh, flirting or dating with a church and then like becoming a catechumen is like basically uh, putting a ring on it as it were right like get it locking it down and saying this is the direction that I want things to go uh, a lot of this yes it's head knowledge but it's uh, as much or more I would say more learning the practices of the church the life of the church this is intimately wed with knowledge it's just we're all used to, like, even the way that we're in here right now. Like, this looks like a classroom, right? I'm standing in front of you. We're looking at a syllabus, right? This is just for organization, honestly. <laughs> so you know what's coming up. You can read ahead. You, if you missed a class, you can go back and read behind. But the main, and you can see the required elements, is, like, coming to church. If you don't come to church, then that is a sign to me that you're not ready to come into the church. Uh, the Orthodox Church, and because in the ancient church, you had pagans coming into the church. They did not say, oh, you want to be baptized? Okay, let's baptize you. And then you're like, okay, now what do I do? They're like, oh, yeah. 
No, they, they, they gave you a period of time like, this is what Christian life is like. Start to acclimate yourself to Christian life. Here uh, in the early church, uh, you didn't learn the Our Father until after you were baptized. Or like during the baptismal rite is when you learned the Our Father. Uh, you were taught uh, some things, but you weren't t- taught everything. And mostly it was focused on, all right, if you are have a problem with drink, when you start working on that, right? Like if you are visiting the temple prostitutes, we need to talk about that. Like we need to stop that. Th- these kind of practices. Uh, we have all of our analogs to these things today. This is part of the reason for a sponsor. In the early church, a sponsor is somebody who vouches for you and says, this person is living the Christian life, is going down this path, is actually attempting to forgive their enemies, to live at peace with others, have withdrawn idolatrous things from their life, etc. Okay? So part of uh, catechesis then is attendance at divine services. That means vigils, vespers, divine liturgies, and I encourage if you are able uh, to at least come to a baptism, if there's a wedding, I don't have a wedding on the books right now, so that's probably not going to happen this summer. Uh, and God forbid we have a, another funeral. We had a funeral in the middle of Lent. These kind of services come. You're going to learn a lot about what the Orthodox Church thinks, uh, believes. It's actual practice. Uh, as opposed to a lot of other experiences, church experiences, what you hear in our services is really what we believe, right? Like, it's not a mishmash of, like, songs that we may be bought from some Christian music outlet thing or something. It really is hymnody that goes back a thousand years that reflects what we believe. Um, so church itself is a school of prayer. It's a school because it teaches you what to desire, what to love, what to think. And that's part of the reason why it's like engages all of your senses so that there's kind of this uh, habituation to things that are holy, things that uh, need our attention. Uh, when I say regular attendance, I, I don't expect to see you at every single service. If you are available and free, that's great. Uh, work schedules, distance, other things like that. Uh, but if you're kind of like a single person who has like a nine to five and is available and can do it, and it, you can expect afford to do it because I also know gas keeps going wee, uh, then come uh, there's also not just outside of attending services uh, this is as one of the points here is get to know parishioners at St. Anne's it's like coffee hour before and after services these are the times where you get to know folks because part of uh, coming to the Orthodox Church is actually getting to know this particular outpost of the kingdom which is this church which means these fallen people me included right uh so some i don't know if you guys have noticed but it become more and more of a thing a lot more social anxiety than i've ever experienced this is a thing that i in coming out of seminary i don't really have a thing with social anxiety but then i like hear about it all the time now and i don't know if this is just like post-covid <laughs> yeah i definitely think covid exacerbated it but this is a safe place to be able to get to know people. That doesn't mean that you have to get to know everybody. And I understand that we're in a tight space. We're working on that right now to try <laughs> and get into a bigger space. But it is a necessary thing to get to know people. If you struggle with that, talk to me about it. And I can suggest maybe a few people that you can connect with or try to connect with. Okay? 
outside of uh, attending services, they're attending catechesis classes. I am taking attendance. This is not this kind of like... Before, this class was completely full, the last class, so I had to take attendance because I couldn't keep up with everybody who was absent. This is still a pretty decent-sized class. Uh, a lot of catechesis used to happen like one-on-one because there'd be like two or three people, but it's now like 10 is enough. So I'm not taking attendance to be like, oh, you know, you get three absences and on that fourth, like we deduct you a grade, right? <laughs> uh, you don't need to worry about that, but it is something for me to be able to say like, hey, we've missed you for three Sundays. Are things okay? You know, what's going on, etc." So the next thing is develop a personal rule of life, which is what the, one of the main things we're going to be talking about this morning with uh, this condensed version of, uh, I'll just say, a work done by Father Thomas Hopko, uh, which is developing a rule of prayer and fasting. Uh, I believe in the we will be talking about that specifically by the third class, if you are, aren't already engaging uh, with Orthodox prayers. Uh, but this is something that on our first meeting uh, that we'll talk about in some detail, or at least you can tell me what it is that you're doing or what you're struggling to do. And then I might augment, I might subtract. You might be surprised I might subtract. It's really about consistency more than trying maybe to do all the morning prayers. If you have the time and the ability and the desire, great. Uh, but this is something that in coming into the church, Again, this isn't just about like starting to know random things about the 4th century, 8th century, and what kind of icons you're going to get for your icon corner and that kind of stuff, right? Uh, at the heart of this is a relationship with God, right, and developing that. Uh, attend to the principles set out in Father Thomas Hopko's For Those Seeking Truth, 12 Things to Do as a Part of Your Rule of Life, which we'll go over in just a moment. Uh, meet with Father Daniel at least twice. I say at least twice. Uh, if twice is enough, that's fine. If you need to meet with me some more, uh, that's great. Uh, the first time is kind of a general introduction. If I don't know who you are, uh, some of you, I still, like Devin and Jacob, email me so that we can sit down and have a conversation. If, if, if like you guys are nine to fivers working wise, then we'll have to figure something out. But it might be around a Wednesday or Saturday or even like after a class or something like that. Um, that way I know who you are you know a little bit about me and I know what kind of path that you're going to be on okay Um, and then the second will be closer to when you are being initiated Uh, initiation is another way of being received into the church another way of talking about being received into the church where we'll talk about patron saint sponsors etc all right Uh, class is going to be 1230 to 130 every day I don't think anybody has a child in here right Okay, good. We don't have to worry about child care. Uh, the main textbook that we're going to be using, it's a four-volume series, but we're not actually going to be using one of the volumes. Uh, I need to buy more. We have some. Uh, and this is where I'm going to ask. I know that you would like a copy. Are there others that would like a copy, depending on what the cost is? Because I think individually. Otherwise, what I have is and every single one of these. And it, I tried to make this as user-friendly as possible by linking literally, like, because you can, if you go on the OCA website, and I think if you go to, like, the, the Orthodox Faith, if you you can find, it's called the Rainbow Series, if you find a design that looks like this, you see this little thing? 
uh, it'll break it down and it'll show you the, each volume. So like this is volume four, and then I try to link you to like the virtues, and then you can read each section in there. Uh, if you're fine with reading online, that's great. If you would prefer a hardback, oh, hardback, I don't actually mean a hardback, because that would make it expensive. Uh, who would like? And you get a discount on them, right? I do get a, get, get a discount. You would like all four? What's the roundabout price of all four? I'd have to look. I think it would be like 40 bucks for all four. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I get like I get like a 40% discount because I'm alum right. from St. Vlad's. So uh, I usually use that to order, and I don't usually mark up anything mm -hmm. so that I can just pass it on. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to probably get a few more for the library here anyways. So if that works the best for you, that's great. Otherwise, it's all online. Okay? I do want you to read. This is not hard reading. Uh, but you do need to read. I, I think the Frederica book that everybody has is very conversational in tone. But because of that, it, this is much more like to the point. This is what a sacrament is. Da, 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 da. And here are the sacraments. Baptism, chrismation, Eucharist, right? And it kind of gives a biblical and kind of this is what we think about it. Frederica is like meeting somebody at coffee hour and then they're like, oh, you're wondering about that thing. And they're like, well, Joe, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like that, okay? If that's your, and if you're like, I don't really want to do that, Josh, that's fine. We can put the book back. But everybody can have access to that book. Uh, there's also an audio version of it because you weren't here last week. Um, it's available on YouTube. I don't think the whole thing is. I don't think the audio book is on YouTube. If you'll see, it's like chapter by chapter. yes, but it's not it's the not it's the it's not the whole book. If I, from what I understand, if you let me keep going. So we are going to be using three of the four volumes. We're not doing the church history one. I encourage you if you want to read the church history one, that's great. That's not the focus of this class, so that you know about arguments that were had in the 12th century about the essence and energies of God. That's not the 12th century, that's more like 13th century, 14th century. Anyways, but, right, like you don't need to know about that stuff unless that's your thing, because mostly it's about prayer, uh, battling with the passions, coming to know who Christ is in a deeper relationship if you've already known him before, uh, and learning about how the church life runs, right? All of these things are going to be recorded. It's being recorded right now. Uh, there is a link directly to uh, the catechumen classes, the, the feed. That doesn't mean that if you press on that, it's going to open up your you know, Google or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You have to go in and, like, if you just put St. Anne's catechumen class, it's going to pull it up for you, okay? Uh, reception into the church. So this is on the second page now. Attending and participating in catechesis is a requirement to being received into the church. The participation in the classes is paired with the discernment of the priest as to readiness for reception into the church. Ultimately, is that my discretion about when someone is ready to be received in the church. That's not a negative thing. That could be a positive thing. We had, I had folks, there's solid members here. They did the whole round of catechesis, and they wanted to wait a few more months just because I think there's some family stuff at the time, and they just wanted to kind of feel cemented in, and that's fine. This is not like trying to push you through and make sure you're ready and like you like... I don't know, like, you have to go up to bat because I don't have a pinch hitter for you, right? Like, this is at your pace uh, that I discern that way. There's also a lot of folks who are like, I need, you need to receive me now because I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have never in my experience so far, and from most folks that I've experienced, 
I don't know of hardly anyone who regretted taking a little bit longer to be received into the church because it was just good to sink into it and know the relationship and think the lay of the land instead of like getting married after a month <laughs> and then having buyer's regret <laughs> or remorse, right? Because, oh, they're actually like this and this is what is expected, right? Like, it's like, this is kind of like premarital counseling in a certain sense, right? Like, here's what you are actually getting yourself into. For example, fasting is kind of interesting and cool, like the first Lent. It's not that interesting by the second or third Lent, okay? Like, that doesn't mean that it, your, your relationship with it ebbs and flows and it's harder. And sometimes, like, I look for, I, I miss Lent right now, to be completely honest. I'm kind of tired of Pascha. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean that in, like, I'm tired of the joy of the resurrection. It's just, I like Lent. I like the services. I like the feel of Lent. And I miss it after a while. Which just means I get to wait for it the next time it comes around, right? Because by the end of the summer, I'm going to, well, no. By, like, three weeks when I start, we start, like, looking towards Lent. I'm like, oh, yeah, Lent. <laughs> Here we go. Fasting beans for days. Okay. Uh, so, don't be worried if I ask you questions about do you think you're ready or things like that. That is just par for the course. You're not special. I'm not picking on you or, like, trying to trip you up or anything like that. Okay? Uh, patron saint. This is, if you have a Christian name already... Uh, I highly suggest that you stick with that name. But when someone is received into the church, they choose a saint. Uh, that is their, basically their like heavenly patron or their sponsor. The one that you turn to, uh, to pray. So, you know, like Jacob, like there's a lot of Jacobs. There's a Jacob of Alaska. There's the patriarch Jacob, right? Like, uh, if you, Katie, if you want to do Catherine, that's a really simple, great saint right like the, these are I mean Sebastian is a great saint like what unless you're thinking of like Barsanufius or something <laughs> that is always the name that everyone picks is like the kind of name to make fun of like hi I'm Bars you know go to coffee hour at an orthodox church and somebody says hi I'm reader Barsanufius and you're like what what's your name <laughs> okay um, that is something why I would encourage reading about saints lives uh, there's a lot of contemporary saints. We have a lot li lives of saints. Use the library, uh, but please return the book, right? This is not like a super organized library yet. So the, there's not a librarian to come after you and say, hey, here's your, you know, late fines, etc." cetera. Uh, you will need a sponsor. You need a godparent. Uh, if you're a woman, that needs to be a woman. If you're a man, that needs to be a man. Uh, and you need to talk, talk to me first before you start asking them about being a sponsor, okay? So that I have, you have my approval to, uh, to move forward with them as your sponsor. Okay, if you look at these, is, before I go on, are there any questions about anything that we've covered so far? Okay, as you can see, the suggested schedule, I say suggested because this is me trying as best as possible to say this is the path, but this might be that we realize, you know, July 2nd and 9th, that I need to just collapse the symbol of faith in the Holy Trinity in order to catch up. Uh, I might have to do something like that, so we'll just see, okay? Uh, as you can see, we're going to be working through Hopko's Volume 2 first, uh, which is about worship, and that means starting with the church building 
sacraments. Uh, all of these underlined are hyperlinked, so it take you directly there if you're looking at this, either as the PDF or as the Google Drive document. Uh, the handout I already handed out to you. Uh, next week, I'll have a church etiquette handout. Uh, alongside, we'll, we'll, we will do a little bit more attending to the church building itself. Uh, just kind of like, this is what an Orthodox church is basically like. Uh, we don't have a narthex anymore because we tore down walls. But like, we'll talk about what a narthex is, the nave, uh, uh, the Holy of Holies, the altar, basically. We'll talk a little bit about Old Testament. Uh, we'll talk about sacraments, uh, etc. Please read ahead. I understand life happens. These aren't that long and they're not that complicated readings. Uh, and it's okay, at the end I'll try to have some space for Q&A because I'm sure you're like, oh, I have a question, but we're not gonna hit that until August 20th. Should I wait till August 20th? You can just ask me because I'm sure uh, this is me trying to make a sensible path to understand orthodoxy. But I've tried so many iterations of this at this point. I think I've done like five or six different iterations in the past five years. Uh, so there, there's probably something that I'm going to miss that I'd be like, ah, I wish that we had talked about that a little bit more. So just ask questions when you have questions. Uh, by the third class, we'll do a prayer rule. Uh, the fourth class, uh, we'll start talking about, we'll go over the divine liturgy. Uh, the fifth class, we will start talking about sources of Christian doctrine, as in, like, uh, we have scripture, which is our main font, but uh, we also look to and are informed by our icons. It all is a symphony that works together. I'm sure you probably already realize our hymnody, our icons, our, like, life together all flows together. It's not just kind of thrown on, but, like, our hymnody uh, teaches us. Uh, I'll have a handout, and if I don't have a physical handout, because I forget how long this handout is, you can read it. Uh, reading uh, St. Justin Popovich's uh, little essay on introduction to the lives of the saints, basically why we read the lives of the saints and how we need to think about the lives of the saints. Uh, and then we continue with the Creed, Holy Trinity, then talking about the Orthodox Church and the Bible. And I have a short article that I'll hand out by Metropolitan Clusos Ware on how to read the Bible. Uh, New Testament salvation history as you can already say like I could probably spend all of these classes just doing the Old Testament right we just don't have time to do it there's a lot to cover this is an introduction uh, so don't think oh I've understood orthodoxy and what we think about the Old Testament because we covered it for like 15 minutes on a Sunday okay um, then we're gonna hit the spirituality volume by Hopko uh, we'll talk about the Beatitudes, and then I'm going to do a lecture on August 6th, which is actually the Transfiguration of Christ, the Feast of the Transfiguration, lecture on asceticism, guarding of the heart, and the Jesus Prayer. The August 13th, which is two days before the Dormition of the Theotokos, the Feast of the Dormition, I'm going to talk about the Theotokos, Mary. Uh, and those are some of the themes, Old Testament, New Testament, Divine Council, and Tradition. Uh, and then we're going to continue with uh, the spirituality part of Hopko. Uh, with virtues, love, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, sexuality, marriage, and family, and then sickness, suffering, death, and kingdom of heaven. Then at the end, as we're coming close uh, to the end, we're going to talk about confession, what it means to give a lifetime confession, uh, and then basically just talking about the rite of baptism uh, and chrismation. Let me just do a rough, like, who all has been baptized in the Trinitarianly in water? You three have not, right? To the best of your recollection, at least. 
Okay. All right. That's fine. Great. That means we'll be doing baptism. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about the baptismal rite. Uh, we'll go through it. I have the PDF so you can even see what the service is like. I'm sure I could find a YouTube video even of it. We'll be having baptisms that will be coming up. You can always come and see them. Of course, you're not a little baby, so you're not going to be butt naked where me doing this with a baby, right? You're going to be in basically a glorified feeding trough uh, where you will be baptized there, okay? If you're worried about. In the ancient church, you were stripped down. Uh, this is part of the reason why there was women deacons, deaconesses, because they helped with the nakedness aspect of it, where the priest would basically say, <laughs> baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's faith. They did everything full-orbed, and by that I mean you're dying, like you're stripping down, and then you are clothed with a white garment as like newness of life, right? Um, modern life, just we, we just don't do the same thing in the same way. That's okay. Uh, what I have here is the planned reception for those who... Uh, attend to the schedule and discernment and it makes sense that reception into the Orthodox Church I'm looking at two dates right now it's at the bottom of page three is uh, the protection of the Theotokos which is October 1st which is a, a, uh, a feast of the church happens on a Sunday this year so that would be a good time uh, or January 6th uh, I would love to do Christmas but I what my experience is with Christmas is that everyone's schedule is a little crazy around Christmas because who knows who's gonna it's time to visit the in-laws or whatever and you're going to Wisconsin or something right <laughs> so I'm just not looking at Christmas ever as a time to receive people into the church uh, that this is not like written in blood and stone like these are the two dates and that's it this is something that we can uh, work out according to where you're at in life okay like you have a baby coming right so any questions about the syllabus all right let's spend the next 30 minutes you might be like 30 minutes <laughs> going through this okay this is a document father justin patterson up sorry i'm just ready to sit down i hope you guys don't mind actually in the bible you know how Jesus preached? He sat down. He didn't actually stand. So it's like the inverse of today. He would have sat down and everybody would have stood up. So if you have a sermon on the mount where he like sits down, that's because that was the teaching pose was to sit down. Um, we've kind of inversed everything. But Father Justin Patterson, this is a document that he came up, which is basically simplifying uh, Father Thomas Hopko's 55 maxims, which I suggest... You can Google this. There is graphics of the 55 maxims that you can print out that are nice that you can put on your refrigerator. This is how much this has become like uh, American Orthodox <laughs> lore, as in like this go-to topic or thing. Uh, 55 maxims are basically about like the Orthodox Christian life, right? From things like uh, someone should know everything about you, basically. Like you should have somebody that you have confessed to that knows you well uh, that you are kind of accountable to in a certain way, right? Uh, to like, you should read good books. Uh, to, you know, hear criticism, but sift it carefully. Things like that, right? Um, like, get good sleep. I mean, some of these things, like, you, you think that it's like, is that spiritual advice? I, there is spiritual advice that can be, it sounds self-helpy, but I've encountered so much 
stuff at this point now in my priesthood. I'm about five years in that I am not phased by anything, even the most simple things where like folks are struggling like, how well do you sleep? Well, I, you know, I play video games at two in the morning. And it's like, well, so this isn't not spiritual, but that's a problem. And that's actually a spiritual problem. Go to bed. <laughs> Nothing happens good after like, I don't know, random times at night, right? Like it's just, that's an old adage and it's true. Like there's just, don't do things like that, right? I even have a handout. I need to reprint it because I hand them out so much. It's from a, um, a, she is in the Serbian church. She's uh, an African-American woman. She's like six, seven. She's gigantic. She's just so tall. And she is so meek and lovely. She is a abbess of a small Serbian monastery in Indianapolis. It's just like the ski is in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, and she's a therapist. She does like EMDR. Or you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. And she has a little handout that I hand out to people when they start talking to me about anxiety. And it's basically like body, soul, spirit. And it's like, what are you eating? Like, and the body stuff, it's like, what are you eating? Soul is like, what are you watching on television? Like, are you only watching uh, oh, Fox News or MSNBC or CNN and you're just the whole time riled up? Like, stop doing that. Uh, what are you eating? Like, are you drinking a lot of alcohol? Are you drinking a lot of coffee? Like, maybe you need to calm down the coffee and drink more water, as I told in the sermon. Like, <laughs> these things do actually matter because you are given and you need to honor the vessel that God has created, right? That, then the third is like spiritual, right? Like confession, prayer, like, but all of these things matter and they're all spiritual. They're not disconnected from each other. Um, so this uh, 55 Maxims, Father Justin basically simplified this down to some basic principles, 12 uh, things to do as a part of your rule of life. Uh, and at the beginning, there's these questions. How can I know God as God really is? How can I know Christ is the way, the truth, and life of God and humanity, the light of the world? How can I know the Orthodox Church is the household of God and the pillar and bulwark of the truth, God's kingdom on earth? If you want to find answers for yourselves to these questions, Orthodox Christian saints and spiritual teachers will ask you to do the following things as faithfully and honestly as you can, as you can and to see for yourself, for yours, what happens. All right, I need to edit that. Yourself, what happens. Um, we are so used to in our culture, and I think I've already talked about this a little bit, but that we study our way th into things, or we watch a lot of YouTube videos, or we surf Wikipedia now. Uh, when I was younger, Wikipedia was like, don't go there because it's not reliable. And now it's like everybody sources Wikipedia. You'll see it like on major newscasts <laughs> using Wikipedia as a source of information. Um, the Orthodox faith is something because it's embodied uh, and lived in community and that means in relationship uh, that takes time, that takes effort, that takes failure, not being able to do all the things and being able to learn how to navigate some of those things and talking to me about some of those things because you're not your own spiritual director this is one of the things about orthodoxy that doesn't uh, if you're struggling with fasting or you're in a household where one of you is orthodox and the other is not or like this always comes at Thanksgiving right Thanksgiving always falls in the nativity fast right so people are like what do I do I'm going to my in-laws or I'm going to grandma's and there's definitely gonna be a gigantic chicken uh, chicken or turkey or you know ham what do I do and I'm like well, eat whatever is there, but then, like, the next day, return to the fast. 
right? There, there are times of hospitality. There's times uh, where you're in situations where you're just going to eat what is given to you. Uh, so just you need guidance in some of these things and help in certain ways, okay? So for, let's start with number one. Uh, be ready to do whatever it takes to know. Humbly and courageously do what you are told without questioning it. Lay aside your will. Vow to follow what you come to know, whatever the cost. This kind of gets at the desire to know that actually has you seeking the truth and not just in order to win an argument or just to know facts, but that you are ready to follow it no matter what the consequences are. Uh, and that requires being preparing yourself to do those things. Uh, this also doesn't mean, do you think that Father Thomas is saying that whatever somebody tells you, you just, just do that? Yeah. But it says, humbly and courageously, do what you're told without questioning it. Unless it's against God. Right. So one of the things you need to learn about orthodoxy is you're going to need discernment in everything. Uh, there are things uh, that if there's something that you, you scratch your head as you hear a coffee hour, you might be talking to somebody who's been Orthodox for six months, okay? And they might have heard something somewhere and they're repeating it, but it's not what I would say to you. And it's maybe not something that you need to do. It might be a quote from a monk on Mount Athos. Mount Ath Does everybody know what Mount Athos is? Mount Athos is a monastic republic where basically it's like the heart of Orthodox monasticism, okay? So it's like... Say this. I don't know a metaphor, so or analogy. So uh, that might be true on Mount Athos for a monk who's grown up and been Orthodox for forty-five years of their life and are in obedience to a particular over there. That doesn't mean that that's what you need to do. Okay, so you don't need to just think just because you hear something that therefore you should start doing that, right? Or you read something in the life of a saint where they don't eat on Wednesdays. There's you say, okay, I'm not going to eat on Wednesdays. Don't do something like that. Okay, talk to me about something like that. We can talk about fasting. All right? Two, pray for enlightenment, even if yours is to whom it may concern. Pray something like this. God, reveal yourself to me as you really are. As you pray, do not look for anything. Let whatever happens, happen. How does this one strike you guys? I find it uh, in a way liberating. How so? It helps me not control my, my prayer experience. Like to go beyond me, whatever that means. So I think there is something, especially for new to prayer, we expect something to happen. That doesn't mean that we expect to like have visions or things, but we expect something to happen. That's not always the case. Uh, so there is a freedom in not having expectations going into it because you go into it with expectations. It's almost every relationship or any situation, like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And you go and you're like, oh, well, that was more complicated than I thought it was going to be. And then you're crestfallen and then you fall into despondency and then nothing good happens, right? Pray for God to reveal himself. In a way... Many of the things that you're going to, in a way, it's like get out of the way of yourself. 
don't look for things and accept what is for what it is. It's kind of like Fatini today, or the Samaritan woman. Like she didn't go in with preconceptions. She was just open to what was happening and what Christ was revealing to her. Okay. Number three, while praying this way, read through the New Testament very slowly at least three times. Take several months to do this. Do not be bothered about what you do not understand, but try to put into practice what you do understand. So what I would suggest, if you are a reader, you're already going to be reading stuff, right? So if maybe the New Testament is a lot, I would at least suggest find one of the Gospels. Maybe it's a Gospel you haven't read before, or maybe it's a Gospel that you really like. And just read that and read it a few times. Maybe uh, maybe Luke Acts because they're written to go together actually, uh, or just read Matthew, and just slowly but surely work through that. We're reading the Gospel of John right now because it's Pascha time. The Gospel of John is a little bit denser <laughs> than other ones, but uh, do it slowly. Do it even when you don't understand everything, but do it with attention and do it prayerfully. How many of you have read a gospel all the way through? Most of you. If you have, I suggest doing it again, maybe choosing a different one. If you have not, uh, Mark is always a short, easy one to go through. Uh, I always like to start with Matthew. Not just because it's the first book in the New Testament, but it just has, it's a good full-orbed presentation of everything to me. Number four, during this time, go to Orthodox services as often as possible. Just stand or sit there and listen. Do not judge other people in any way. Do not be bothered about what you do not understand. It is hard enough to get here and to try to quiet your mind. <laughs> and one of the ways that is hard to quiet our mind, besides just life care, the cares of life, is other people children and their rambunctiousness and loudness uh, if you are getting around a community it can feel very like oh everything's new and grand and after a while then you're like oh personalities or oh situations or this is just part of life of uh, you know you're born into a family you don't really get to choose who your parents are or who your siblings are or who your cousins are in a way the church is the same way you don't really get to choose who's at the church and they don't get to choose you either. <laughs> there is in all of this a need of learning the basic life of humility, attending to what is most important, and letting God sort things out. Because we live in a world, especially now, that kind of wants us to curate all of our experiences uh, to be able to write a Google review or a complaint if something doesn't go the way that we want and we want to refund. Like, church is the messy dirtiness of humans. But it's also the way to salvation. There's, there's really, there is no other way that God has ordained for this. Um, also, don't be bothered by, about what you do not understand. Uh, I've been around long enough that I basically understand. This sounds haughty. I don't mean it to be like I've been through the cycle enough, seminary, etc. Like I basically know what's going on, uh, everything. There are certain times that are like, oh, that's new to me. Not new, like, oh. But this time I'm just hearing it in a different way because certain life experiences, right? All of this for you, and I remember the first few years, it took a while for me to get used to, because in some ways, like Vespers and liturgy can feel like a hose of information, 
or just like it's just moving and you're kind of like getting into a swift flowing river <laughs> as opposed to like most experiences of church now are literally tailored to make it as simple as possible and for you to be able to be like we're doing step one now and then we're going to do step two and step three our liturgy does not change like there's not much that changes it's the same thing every week with variables in it but it takes a while to get used to what that rhythm is and i would actually suggest to you and this is something uh not to do exactly right now but as you're the next year or two it doesn't hurt to just sit down and kind of memorize the liturgy and what i mean by memorize the liturgy is i don't mean every single word try to memorize it what i mean is like look at okay the first thing there is blessed is the kingdom then there is the antiphons uh which are punctuated by little litanies then there is uh, the little entrance that happens during the third antiphon. Uh, then they do some traparia for the feet. Like you, you can, once you know those things, it helps because you know exactly where you're at in the service. It's not like you're sitting there and like having to do like the, you know, when some folks will watch baseball and they want to keep all the stats of what's going on. It's not like that. I just know when I finally did that, I just felt like I knew exactly where I was and there was a comfort in knowing where I was as opposed to like, Oh, and then, oh, yeah, this, I like this hymn, right? Like, there is a flow. It is the same thing. Yes? There are a couple of spiral-bound books on the, I'm not sure what you call it, kind of like the welcome table. Are we allowed to take one and photocopy it, bring it back? I think I have to find it somewhere that I have more copies of that. I just have to find it. Um, it might even be in my office. Are those helpful? Yes. Yes, definitely. I, um, I'm going to be sending like, a PDF that has just the liturgy in it. That is basically that book. Right. Deleted with all the nice pictures and the commentary out of it because it just starts making it a big document. So I can make more. Uh, I would say at some point uh, to try to use that and then try not to use it because sometimes we can get too wed to the book itself. Uh but some people are just more like that and more well, attuned first, to that. I was very confused on how to use it because it changes and, and I kind of knew the structure, the outline, but it was like I never knew what, so I just gave it up and said I'm just going to... I've heard, I've heard that enough, which is why I yeah. don't really even hand them out because I'd rather people just experience it. But I know some folks, maybe you are... Well, I mostly ask because I don't have memorized the the parts where the entire body should be reciting like the creed for example so you want like our translation of the creed and things like that yes like yeah some things. of those are in a prayer book right the creed and the yes um i'll try to find more copies and i'll be sending out to you a pdf and i can even print it out of the divine liturgy that's just the text of liturgy without all the commentary because I feel like some of the commentary in that thing mm -hmm. can just be confusing because you're trying to interpret. Mm -hmm. You're like reading commentary as, as things are happening at the same time. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll try to look for it. Okay. Are there any other questions or what were your guys' first experiences? Oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to ask you anything right now because we're <laughs> running out of time. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm sure there's things that you guys have experienced that you did not understand, and I'm sure there's still things that you're experiencing that you don't understand. That's okay. Number five, during this time, do not lie about anything. Do not consciously harm anyone. Try to be kind and good to everyone you meet without exception. 
if possible, do some good work for others, even if just for an hour or two a week, as secretly as possible. Also, if possible, give away some money secretly to those in need. Almsgiving. So the shortened form of kind of be kind. Uh, be kind. We have this kind of thing in our culture about being kind. That's not, Father Hopko does not, Thomas does not mean like smile at people and say, bless, you know, like this means actually, you know, almsgiving is like sacrificing for the good of someone else. Do something, he says in secret is that, you know, give it your left hand so your right hand doesn't know what it's doing, right? Uh, this is, as you're going to find with these, there are striving to actually live the Christian life, right? It's not just attendance, it's not just adding a new activity, it's the purification of our heart and desires, okay? Uh, number six, during this time, if you are not married, do not engage in any sexual acts at all of any kind, even with yourself alone. If you fail in this, put it behind you immediately with a prayer of repentance and start over. Be pure. So one of uh, the sexual ethic of the church is as Father Thomas outlines here, right? Sex happens in the context of marriage and other sexual activities, even with yourself alone, are not blessed by God. It's not what the design or the telos of sexual acts are for. Uh, and so therefore it is something to repent of and it is something to struggle against to maintain purity. So, uh, in our day and age, in our culture, you might not be surprised to hear me hear about this all the time because we're just inundated. We're very carnal culture. Uh, so this is something that I think also has a lot of shame attached to it for folks, which is in some senses natural, like even non-Christians, there's still some sense of shame about some of these things, like blush about these things. Cause, uh, but there is in this uh, a tension between uh, say Christ and what Christ calls us to and then forgiveness and the ability to repent of things and to move uh, away from those things that doesn't mean and you're going to realize in the Orthodox Church repentance is not something like conversion it's like it happens and then all of a sudden Jesus freed me and I'm done and that's it that's not how life actually happens right this is a struggle uh, and the church realizes this uh, we'll talk about some of that more later on in catechesis. Seven, during this time, do not get drunk. Do not eat too much. Do not heat un un do not heat unhealthy foods. Do not eat unhealthy foods and try to eat and drink less than normal a couple of days a week. For example, what in keeping the fast Wednesdays and Fridays. So be sober. So the Orthodox Church you'll also notice is... Uh, it's not just moralistic, right? Like, don't touch a beer. You can have a beer. But like with everything, there needs to be moderation. There's a context and a place and a goal that is in mind that this is what this thing is for, right? Uh, you have to eat. There is a desire, like God planted sexual desire in you. God planted all of these things that are natural things. The question is, what do you do with those things, right? Number eight, during this time, sit in total silence at least 10 to 15 minutes a day, or even up to 30 minutes a day if you can, watching the thoughts that come to your mind and letting them go with a prayer. God enlighten my mind. God help me with this. God help these people who come to mind. Be quiet and reach out to God. We are, our culture especially has made it that we are addicted to these things, for example. Like, 
we don't get a lot of silence and time for us to just exist and have to uh, Pascal uh, talked about basically like hell being just being in your room by yourself that there's this aspect of needing to be actually in your room by yourself uh, to be able to actually deal with yourself and by deal with yourself I don't mean like uh, talk down to yourself or like you know but it's to actually get to know and be aware of yourself. The Christian life and coming to know Christ also, it's like the same example of Fotini. It, come, it comes to a knowledge of yourself. Like you will know Christ the more that you know yourself. And by know yourself, I don't mean like, oh, I'm so pretty and so great and all this stuff. It's like, I struggle with these things and doing it in a realistic, uh, serious manner without just immediately justifying yourself and letting yourself off the hook. Or at the other extreme, just condemning yourself and just being like, I'm not worth anything, right? That's not the the royal path that the fathers talk about. It's just the median place where we're like, I struggle with this thing. This is real. Like, I'm really angry. My parents drive me insane about X, right? And to be able to sit with that and to pray and bring those things to him in prayer, okay? We'll talk about this more uh, later on in catechesis. During this time, number nine, try to speak as little as possible without irritating others. Do not try to make your opinions known or accepted in conversations unless asked. Listen to others. Be attentive to their presence and their needs. Do not argue with anyone about anything, even on the internet. That's my uh, addition to this, okay? Listen and be attentive. This is hard. <laughs> you know, listening to others and not having to walk away knowing that you are the one who's right, right? That's a bit that for some of us that's like a big sacrifice because we know we're right. Well, so <laughs> is it worth the relationship? Is it worth the drama? Is it worth it? Most of the time, most of the, I don't know about like. I'm talking to most married couples, the little fights that happen are the most like intense are usually over the dumbest things ever because those are the little things that are actually reverberating with some deeper challenge, right? But we almost all like families, right? They all like at this time to take to withdraw yourself, not to like remove yourself, but to let your opinions be less and count for less. To be more thoughtful about when you open your mouth and think more about listening to others. Number 10, during this time, find someone that you fully trust and share with that person your thoughts, feelings, dreams, hangups, compulsions, etc. in detail. Do not, however, go into detail about sexual things or about other people. Discuss in detail your family of origin and your childhood experiences, good and bad. Focus on what memories distress and sadden you and what memories bring you joy. Be accountable. So there's different kind of relationships that we have with people. This, he, Father Thomas is not advocating that you just go out and find some random person at coffee hour and tell them, like, dump on them, like, your life story. What he's trying to encourage, or he's also not encourage, he's also not saying that I am this person for every single person. Like, as the conf your confessor, future confessor and priest, there is things that you're going to talk to me about. That I'm going to know the general kind of, say, warp and woof of your life, Right. Uh, but this is saying you need to have some bosom mates. This might be your husband or your wife. This might be a good friend. Uh, and if this is something that is hard to find right now, this is at least a goal to find someone and to be able to bear your life to that so that you're known, right? 
11. During this time, do a checklist of possible food, alcohol, drug, and sex addictions, and other addictions that you may think you have. Rage, gambling, shopping, internet. I'm adding internet, cell phone, etc. Okay? If you see that you're addicted in some way, seek help and possibly enter a treatment program. The Orthodox Church is not against somebody if they need psychological counseling help. That is a natural good and something that could be helpful for someone. There's some challenges that are not, they go back to that, like, our humans are like nestled, like body, soul, spirit. There are some things that are going to need help that it's going, a counselor can help you with, right? Like maybe communication with a spouse is really hard. There are counselors out there, marriage family counselors, who could help you with some tools to be able, like that, that I'm not trained to do that. I could probably give you some basic advice, uh, but that's not what my training is in specifically, right? Um, 12. During this time, do your work or your studies to the best of your ability, carefully, responsibly, conscientiously, and devotedly. Live a day, even part of the day at a time. Focus fully on what you're doing at the given moment. So these 12 things, uh, you can say there's a kind of intensity to this and like a seriousness. I, I start off catechesis with this to just show like this is a program. This is not like Oprah self-help stuff. This is not... Uh, just moralistic stuff because you're going to hear about Christianity that there's like moral things like we talk about you know what you eat what you do with your body parts like what you put into your body what you know what comes out of your body like all of these things if you read scripture and tend to they're there uh, there's one theologian who was talking about a religion that doesn't tell you what to eat and what you can't what you can and can't do with certain body parts at certain times is not very interesting religion because it's not really a religion it's just typically usually an ideology or just ideas uh, and Christianity is a, a way of life it is resurrection it is uh, the abundant life being embodied and lived out and that is of course all through the cross because this all as you can tell like this is this is the cross <laughs> through every single one of these things is dying to self uh, you know would I rather play video games on a Saturday night instead of go to Vespers I don't know why I'm picking on video games choose whatever you are like go do whatever I want on a Saturday night, go to a baseball game or a basketball game. Uh, maybe, you know, once, every once in a while, yeah, that's fine, right? Like, you don't have to come to every single Saturday Vespers, but you're just like, I'm never going to Saturday Vespers because Saturday night is when I just do me. You probably need to rethink that a little bit, or at least trouble that and think why that is your mindset about something, right? Any questions about this? I know we just, I told you it would take 30 minutes. <laughs> Don't, again, if you do have questions about this and you feel more comfortable talking to me about it in private or something, please do so. Uh, you can, you're, please keep this. Uh, I'll probably reference this at different times because this is a nice kind of distillation, right? Go to church, pray, seek the truth, read scripture, be kind, be pure, be sober, be quiet, and reach out to God, listen to be attentive, be accountable. Uh, Try to deal with stuff if you've got some major challenges and attend to the things that are given to you, right? All right. Next week, uh, we'll be continuing. We'll kind of do a church tour uh, and talk about the layout of the church and the sacraments of the church. Any, any questions? I know I said five minutes or so, but... I do have one. Yeah, please. Uh, is there a wrong prayer book that I can be using? Is there a wrong one? Yes. It is an orthodox one, of course. But what, is it, what does it look like? It's red. 
Is it a little red one? Yes. That's fine. Okay. It's the ATO came on. Okay, That's fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be handing out a suggested prayer rule, which is basically suggested morning prayers and evening prayers. So I suggest buying a prayer book. Uh, if funds are tight, what I hand out to you is going to be perfectly fine, right? Um, prayer books have a whole lot more stuff than just morning and evening prayers. So, uh, and what you have is even a stripped down version of what most prayer books have. Uh, so I can even bring, when we get, I think it's the third class we talk about prayer rule and prayer, I'll bring a prayer book and we can kind of, you can look at it to have an idea. Okay. One was over 400 pages and I was like, I didn't get that one, but. Which one? I don't know about that one. It had the divine liturgy and everything. And I almost got it, but then I was like, I wanted to check with you first. Right. So a prayer book wouldn't have that kind of stuff in it. That would be more of like Orlogian. We're going to get into a lot of Greek words here (laughs) of different kind of books because the Orthodox Church has a lot of books. To make our services happen, like a Vespers can use four different books in order to make it happen. So, all right, let's end with prayer. Lord, now let us all thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen.